Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fighting Films, the show where we pitch a couple of movies that we find a common thread between against each other and see which one comes out on top. Guys, um, before we get into this movie, do any of you have awkward real life, like meeting people's odd families for the first time stories? Um, I mean, I've, in the few, like, relationships that lasted that i've had uh i guess not not really other than the fact that the um the mom of my longest uh boyfriend just like like basically hated me for no reason yeah isn't <laughs> so that every moment every moment around her was awkward what about you jess and anything anything is insane as either of these films we're about to cover um I've been in a number of relationships. Uh, most of them did not get to meeting family portions. Um, <laughs> but most of the time when I met my friends' families or, like, my uh, significant other's families, they did not like me, you know, right Weird. off the bat. So I'm like, okay, you know, you do you. I'm going to do me. Um, I remember in elementary school, my best friend... I had to stay at her house for a weekend because my mom was out of town and her family didn't particularly like me, but they tolerated me because I was her best friend. And uh, at one point we had just watched The Lion King and went up to dinner. And while we were sitting there, I go, I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> Thinking it would be funny. Um, again, elementary school, you don't really have the best social graces. Um, mm, you're preaching to the choir. They, they really didn't like me after that. <laughs> hey, but, but they didn't make you play a game where the win or lose was your life. So you're doing better than the characters in these films. So far, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, <laughs> I think I'm doing all right. So Stefan, um, um show... Show creator, tell us what movies we're talking about. This we're week. talking, we're discussing uh, your next and ready or not. Awesome, and uh, Jess, social media guru and all around awesome person. Um, talk about some things that what, what brought these two movies together? Why did we think these two would make a good pairing? Uh, we were thinking about you know, ready or not. And Stefan's a big fan of your next. And he's actually the reason I saw the movie in the first place again. Um, and, you know, I did enjoy it, but they both have a main female protagonist. They both have a very interesting life growing up. Uh, they are both nice people, they seem. And they can both kick some ass. Fuck yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I love the, you know, how both of these movies play with the similarities of meeting someone's awkward, strange family for the first time and having it go to complete and utter shit and also mm -hmm. go in directions that you'd never expected. And um, yeah, when we get into it, you know, it, it's it's interesting the tone that each films decide to take with it, right? Like your next is pretty visceral and dark. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and ready or not is also visceral and dark, but it's also fucking hilarious. It has some good <laughs> oh, comedy it, moments in there. It is, <laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 so funny. It, it's it, you, ready or not kind of reminded me of like a, a darker horror version of Knives Out, whereas 
you know, mm-hmm. um, your next has a lot of that going on, like the, the family structure and everything. But I, I really do enjoy how different the mystery in both of these films are. Did, did either of you see this in theaters? Uh, yes, I did. I'm pretty sure it was uh, opening opening night or for sure opening weekend with um, an old friend of mine. Uh, and our interest, I mean, you know, I'm a huge horror fan, obviously. And um, she also wanted to go because the there was some connection to uh, St. Scholastica, which is a private Catholic uh, university oh. in Duluth. I think the one of the producers or writers their father was like a film professor there something like that interesting Uh, yeah Mm. i tried to find what the exact connection was and i couldn't so yeah i'll probably find it later jess did you see this in the theater um i feel like i saw it with you stefan um i think you saw it a couple times um i I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. Um, yeah, because I did not see Knives Out in the theater. Um, but yeah, pretty sure I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. No, of yeah. course. Very cool. <laughs> I, on, on your next, I, um, you know, my brother had seen it for like a critic screening. And, and Adam Wingard became like a critic darling, like mm-hmm. right before this movie. He was always involved in like the best of anthology movie type stuff. Like if you look at the ABCs of death and stuff, he's always got like these, you know, Oh, Adam Wingard's version. This thing was awesome. You know, and on uh, VHS, of course. Yes. And VHS. And and this one really kind of set it off with where did this guy come from? You know, with a lot yeah. of people. Um, that's awesome. What about ready or not? Jess, did you see that in the theaters? Um, I, again, I'm not sure. Yeah, we, I feel I, I feel like I did, but then like I remember, no, I I didn't because Stefan told me it was great, and I missed it because of the damn pandemic, and uh, or maybe I, not I the feel, pandemic, just having children. I feel like I saw it in theater because I can remember cracking up at a certain part of it, um, hardcore. But uh, right, yeah, I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> you uh, you and I did see it in theaters, Jess. We saw it opening night. That's what I thought. Yep. Kick ass. It, it was I'm pretty sure it was a sold out. It wasn't in a big uh screen, but it was sold out and every everybody just loved it. Yeah, it, we saw it in a theater. I know that. Yep. And but before we get into the summary and what we think, I'd just like to say this is fitting that both um films, the directors and writers of each of these have big projects coming up that are gonna be coming out. You know, um, around the year that we're releasing this episode. So Adam Wingard is doing Kong versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. which oh. is what a jump, right? Yeah. <laughs> we we um, just saw ads for that. Recently. Yeah. And uh, the, the Ready or Not team are doing Scream 5. So hot yes. damn. Yep. <laughs> yep. You can see why I think that movie's in good hands. After you oh, watch yeah. Ready or not. yeah. Oh, yeah. The tone, man. The tone if they follow through with that same tone. So with that, you know, as we always do, we, we hit the movie that came out first and that brings us to Stefan and you're next hit us up with what this movie's got going on. As per IMDb, when the Davison family comes under attack during their wedding anniversary getaway, the gang of mysterious killers soon learns that one of the victims harbors a secret talent for fighting back. And boy, does she ever. 
Yes, she does. Yeah. So um, the movie stars a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of names I didn't recognize, except for uh, Barbara Crampton, who was something of a cult uh, horror favorite uh, in the yep. 80s, who kind of experienced a career uh, revival with this movie. And I commented this to Jess when we rewatched it the other day. Um, when I initially saw this movie, I thought she she looked a little too young to be their mom. It all depends on the shot. Because I was thinking yes. that same thing when I watched it yeah. recently. It's like sometimes she's going... I think it's just the hair. I think when she has her hair up, she looks... I won't say her age because she looks amazing either yeah. way, but yeah. when her hair is up, she looks motherly. And when her hair is down, she just fits in with the look of the other girls too well. So it's like, is this just another yeah. young person that's going to get yeah. killed? Like what's going on here? And, um, uh, honestly, I'm kind of glad she was off quickly because it would have been a little difficult to keep picking her out of the other girls. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. I agree. Except for the really dark one. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and um i think it might have it might have been good for some added tension and awkwardness if like they had her be their stepmom instead you know but it's not it's not not a big deal you know well i mean i thought he was you know age appropriate for her yeah 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 and and he was younger funny enough that's Uh, hilarious so neither of you neither of you recognized ty west i mean i knew who he was I, I always thought him. when I watched yeah. this the first time I saw Ty West and it's like, he plays like the super artsy film director and then he's the <laughs> first one to fucking die. And right. I loved that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, uh, we'll do a quick, uh, kind of summary of it. Yeah, so of course the movie, the movie opens, uh, with, uh, a random, uh, couple having sex. Three and... pump chump. <laughs> right. Ugh, yes. And uh, so she was way too young for him, by the way. And she was super disinterested. I loved. That. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he he was uh he was his uh student. student. Yeah, he was a professor, so you know probably well his, you know screwing for a good grade or whatever. And uh, so they get off really quickly. And I love how he takes the time. Like uh, the killers take the time to write "You're next" on the mirror you know, I guess their calling card or whatever they were trying to go for there. And then we cut to, uh, the, uh, the patriarch and matriarch of the Davison family. Uh, they are Aubrey and Paul and Paul is a, uh, defense contractor, which I didn't realize defense contractors made that much money. Oh, you can. inherited some of it. Yeah. And there was, there was, um, a post on IMDB years ago where it was like, trashing these two because they were clearly republicans or you know they never say but this guy was like oh yeah you know they're defense contractor wealthy and they prayed before dinner outside yep. of the holiday they're probably republican i'm like yeah probably <laughs> um and they, every they were, one of the know. table rolls their eyes i love right i love that <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is i don't you know i still will join hands at the holiday for prayer my mom's the only one in the family that's really religious she used to say when i was a kid i would do i would give a really good grace for whatever really? reason, I used to, and you know, I don't anymore. Obviously, have any interest in that. Well, it's funny. My, <laughs> my friend, my friend Jeremy's mother is a, is a lector, 
you know, mm-hmm. like she does like the singing at church and she does it at funerals and she's not really the most religious person in the world. She just likes doing it. Like, she, and, and he is so good at it. And Jeremy is like the most atheist atheist ever. <laughs> and it's really funny. Like he's just done it since he was a kid and he can do the part and it always cracks me up. Right. Oh, and I for, yeah, forgot to mention, so yeah, this movie, it was August of 2013 is when it got a full release, but it had been doing the the film festival circuit before then for almost two years. Yeah. Yeah, it, it had a long, a long kind of slow release in that sense. Um, yeah, so we get to, so they are on their way to their, um, their, and not even their main home, just their country home. And uh, <laughs> I know it's like, geez, that's not really, you know, you're, you're gorgeous home nonetheless. Oh, no, God, yeah, yeah, for sure. That mansion, by the way, I read in the trivia had been um, uh, abandoned for twelve years before the the, the they filmed in there. So oh, they wow. just work in the remodeling into the story. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. and so so they arrive and they you know fix it up and we get the impression and they explain right away that uh, Aubrey is a bit unhinged. You know, maybe uh, no, that's maybe a wrong word. She takes medication hysterical um, maybe yeah yeah hysterical and then we meet uh one by one their uh children the first ones we're introduced to are uh felix uh and his girlfriend aaron or as i call her not rashida jones <laughs> <laughs> uh and so they're driving and you know we get a brief we kind of get a hint that Aaron has had some, you know, issues in her childhood. We get a brief uh, hint on that. And so the kids, uh, one by one arrive at the home. Uh, they, so the children are, um, Felix, Crispin, Drake, and Amy. And I always remember, uh, or wait, no, uh, Crispin is, uh, the one dating Aaron. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. And then Felix, uh, is, and the actor who played Felix died, unfortunately. Nicholas oh. Tucci, he died um, last year. Really? Yeah, of cancer. Oh, and, that's awful. Yeah, and then Drake. Uh, I always remember that guy from the VHS segment. Yes. His death was, that's one of the most brutal deaths I've ever seen on film. It, it's, it's just uh, so unsettling. Um, and anyway, so they all arrive, and then we get... Uh, <laughs> one similarity we'll get into is uh Z looks an awful lot like the wife of Adam Brody's character in Ready or Not. She does she, she does. acts a lot like she her does too. And, and kind of like, <laughs> like the kind of like the whole like just you described it best, kind of like the like the kind of borderline apathetic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I called her funny enough while we're on, you know, I don't know if you either you ever watched um Parks and Rec. But I called her uh, not Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I, I should have this... that the uh, wife in Ready or Not that we're talking about is named Charity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she's so just. Ugh. Yep. Right. And so, uh, so they all sit down to dinner and you know say grace and they start talking and we get you know and it's implied that this family has a lot of riffs like they they don't get along the siblings don't at least and their hope oh yeah and so we're there we're there for their the uh, parents 30th wedding anniversary or 30 
35th wedding anniversary. Was that? Yeah, I think that was it. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, 30th, 35th. Um, yeah. They and were together so, a while. Yeah. <laughs> I told Jess, you know, one reason why I thought the parents looked too young is I always assumed that wealthy people, especially when you earn your wealth, you have kids young or old. I mean, older because you put it off, but not always. Yeah, and, this, and um, I said maybe they just had them young. Yeah, There's something I mean, telling, too, if you play with that defense contractor Republican overtly religious thing though that does play with the uh you know being born um like raised to breed you know religion mentality of Mm. as soon as you can you know well i mean they had they had you know sarah palin's daughter who was all for abstinence and now has like three kids out of wedlock or something how about that Uh oh (laughs) i mean they they had four um this family was four children which i guess you know i I guess four is a big family. I consider five or more usually a big family personally, but whatever. Um, and so we're discussing and we're meeting, you know, like what what they all do. And the best is uh, Tariq. You mentioned him, Chris, uh, played by Ty West. You know, the the filmmaker with like the, the you know, the, the shawl. Not even a scarf. It's a shawl. Oh, yeah. I guarantee, I guarantee Wes just showed up like that and they're friends and and Wingard was just like, yeah, you do, you dude. That was such a nice touch. And so, um, he gets up and walks away and I guess they were, yeah, they were middle, they were all fighting. Not a shock. We all knew they were going to start fighting and he gets up, goes over to the window and like he's looking at something or looking at something. Right. And a bow and arrow comes through the window and uh, kills him dead. And so everyone starts freaking out, obviously. A, a freaking um, crossbow is such a brutal way to die. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, and the sound effects are so good. I mean, yeah. at least their shot was true and he died right away. True. Right. True. Right. And so they all, um, they quickly scurry uh, into the, uh, the the hall, the hall, yeah, the main hall, yeah. And I love how they like they pick up the chairs and run. I would have just crawled on the floor, but that's just me. Um, and so they get in there, and I love how they do this. They realize they have no cell phone reception. Conveniently, uh, uh, Crispin, no, uh, Crispin. Mm. Says, or maybe Crispin or Felix. Yeah, say it I is. Thought a, it was um, Felix. Probably was Felix. Yeah. Well, we'll find Sorry. out. You know. Oh, a second time through, the suspect ones are so suspect. Yeah. Oh. Oh <laughs> yes, God. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Guys. That's that's why you have to rewatch these movies a second time because you pick up on all that. Um, it's and like so, can they be wearing a red onesie? You're totally sus. <laughs> right. Right. And so they indicate. Yeah, it's probably a signal jacker. Which, and I love how they do it. They didn't just be like, oh, we're in the middle of nowhere. We have no, you know, which I just, I roll my eyes at that trope these yeah, days. This, I'm this just like, gives, oh my this God. This gives the villains immediate agency to the audience to be like, right. oh, whoever this is, they're not fucking around. You know? Well, yeah. well, no, I mean, I mean the whole, I mean, technologically that, oh, you know, they don't have, you know, um, uh, they don't have a so, cell. Signal. Yeah. Right. You know, the whole, the trope of like, oh, we're in the middle of nowhere. Our cell phones don't work, so we can't get help. And that's why we can't call for the police right away. Because, yeah, you know what? Sorry, days, in 2021, they just, there's got to be signal everywhere. And right. in a house that big, you got to have Wi-Fi. Come on. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, technically, this movie is ten years old. Remember, it was filmed in twenty eleven, but still, I mean, they were they were wealthy, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, someone, you know, I, I watched um, the invitation once with a uh, um, an ex boyfriend. Just just remember, is uh, Michael, of course, and yes, he uh, and a, they play up in that movie how they didn't have cell phone reception, and I couldn't really buy that, you know, being in like the you know the hills. In LA, it's like that's that's a wealthy neighborhood. I, I don't care. And he's like, no, it's hilly, it's spotty. It's like, no, not in a wealthy. In a wealthy I've, I've actually, no. I've actually had people confirm that that area that happens though. So whoever was writing was someone that knew it. I mean, I, but I suppose, but, but but I called bullshit on it when I watched it too, and had to ask somebody the same thing. It had to have right. them go. It, it they don't do a good enough job of re- no. It it's one of those things that geographically you just have to know. And it's a really, it's a really in thing for an audience to buy, you know, when you're not mm-hmm. living there, you know, that's kind of like all our Boston movies and like our weird, very specific Boston things that some people go, yeah, I don't get why you guys like this movie so much. He talked about the fucking river guy. And people just go, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, we, we have our Minnesota movies. Trust me. Exactly. Well, we do. Um, yeah. And uh, so then Amy the daughter uh, oh. decides, yeah, we're going to get to her. Oh, uh, she decides to make, make a run for it. So she, you know, really smart, takes off her, takes off her, he- she takes off her heels, right? Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. does. Takes oh. off her heels, you know, so smart. And she bolts it and she gets maybe three feet out the door and just boom, hit with a piano wire. Strong slices her the door. A yeah, thing I love about this, I think I love about this that is why I love the visceralness of this movie mm-hmm. is that movies sometimes get a little too a nice clean head lopped off thing is a really effective and scary thing, but the he- a piano wire isn't necessarily going to do that. No, and in this movie, it's so realistic because it mm-hmm. cuts. And she falls. It's like getting like clotheslined by it, and it is so nasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's, it's the difference between the book, The Shining, and the movie. Even though I love the movie, and uh, a croquet mallet is so much more nasty than an axe because you can survive getting hit with it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more opportunities to like be wounded. You right. know. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of many reasons why I prefer the book to the movie, by the way. I agree. Um, I agree. I love them both, but there's that's oh, one yeah, of the no, big yeah, no, things no, in the book that's just amazing. For sure. And so uh Aubrey, and I love how <laughs> and so at this point also um uh uh Drake has been hit with an arrow. Oof. And uh Aubrey <laughs> The mom, Aubrey, is like, do you have any pills? And she's like, here, take my purse. Because <laughs> it's been established she carries a pharmacy with her at all times. I have and, to deal with my husband who's never home, so I take pills. Right, yeah. And so she uh, sneaks, she like leaves the scene, sneaks upstairs, and uh, is pretty She promptly, goes to lay down. Yeah, goes to lay down. Uh, it needs a minute, you know, it's like, you know, understandable. <laughs> Your daughter was just practically beheaded and right. laid out on the floor. Oh, she, she doesn't think that they're in the house yet. And so, um, she, uh, 
is promptly killed in uh, by one of the guys in the masks. With and, a machete. Yeah, machete. And, oh. and then we see the your next uh, blood on the wall. You know, they're leaving their calling card, which that, you know, um, I used to think that the only reason that they killed the neighbors was so like there wouldn't, you know, they, they couldn't go to them for help or they wouldn't call for help. But it was also probably, as we'll find out later, to make it look like that it wasn't a random killing. Right, and that it wasn't just somebody. It automatically takes the implication off the family that all showed up because it happened before they got there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, true. Uh, and so so then uh, Aaron, Aaron at this point uh, just becomes a badass and she, uh, she um, starts looking around the house for weapons, sending a plan. She's like, don't go in the basement. They'll pour gas in there, pour gasoline and, you know, light it up on fire. And yeah, she's so, got some sort of solution for every idea they come mm-hmm. up with. Like, we're like oh, how they're going to get us this way. They're going to get us that way. Right. And we're like, how do you, how do you know this? And so, uh, then, um, uh, uh, Kelly, what the, uh, the, that's, uh, Drake's, uh, Drake's partner. girlfriend or partner. Yeah. She, she, you know, finds Aubrey in the bed and looks under the bed. And then the guy in the fox, fox mask is right there, right there. And she flees the house and then makes it to the other house. I don't know why I thought of like this, of the movie, the strangers in this scene. I really Oh, completely, completely. Yeah. Yeah, and so she, there's they have a scuffle in the house. She realizes they're both dead. You know, they're not going to help us. And then she is uh, swiftly killed as well uh, with a guy in the lamb mask. And so at this point, Crispin offers to leave to try to get help. And so, you know, he says he can make it to the road or whatever. The so car. he goes he wants to bring the car back to get them all right. out of there. Yep. And so, which is how how far away was that? How it was looked that like they had to park strangely far away, from what I, I remember. It's got something to do with the layout of the property. Rich people in the driveways. I was going to say, with a lot of larger houses, they have like a circular driveway to drop off at the door, and then the garage is a little ways. That's right. Fair. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, he runs, so he disappears, and then uh, the uh, Aaron is still setting, you know, navigating the situation, let's say, and then the guy in the tiger mask attacks her, and she uh, she kills him, probably oh, kills she, him with the with the fucking uh, beats the shit oh, out of him. Like, oh yeah, like, like you see brain. There's no hesitation. No. And and, and, I, and I love I love the yeah, no, I'm doing this until you are D E D dead. Like, right. There's some demons <laughs> in that person's upbringing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Actually not, we find out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you uh Yeah, I mean she, you know, got out if you want to call them. Yeah, you know. She yeah, grew up I, in- I like the 
she she takes the positive away from the situation but the yes. movie yeah. the movie definitely walks the fine line over whether or not that situation was an abusive upbringing or not yep yeah we yeah we find out that uh Aaron grew up in a um survivalist compound in the Australian outback you see we the US is not the only country with um you know People like that, which psycho mm-hmm. doomsday preppers. Yeah. <laughs> Australia, they don't you know, make a TV show about it. I think, right? Or you know, storm the capital. Uh, <laughs> Australia is probably. I mean, yeah, I've I've heard Australia's like, it's it's more conservative than like Canada and Europe or Western Europe at least, but like obviously more progressive than the U.S. Yeah, but okay. um, yeah, and so uh, then um. Uh, Paul finds so that then Paul is the father, you know, goes, goes upstairs and he finds, you know, his, uh, uh, wife is dead and he, and this is, this is, I think one of the creepiest parts of the movie he finds, uh, in a closet, sleeping bags, food and bottles of pee. The exact closet he almost went into if Crispin hadn't showed up. Mm-hmm. Oh my it's God! Like, yes, fuck. I didn't put that together, <sighs> and so we realize people have been staying there for days. And I mentioned this to Jess, but Chris, this reminded me of: Have you heard of that unsolved mystery in Germany, where there was like that farm, where the guy, like um, this this family was found murdered? Do you have you heard of this? No. Okay, so. Uh, there it's was it's this, an old, old case. Yeah, from like 1922, I think. This um, this family was uh, discovered murdered, and as as per their their housekeeper who left like a few days beforehand, and their journal entries, there were footsteps coming in the snow, coming like up to the window of the house and not leaving. And the there was uh, people. Yeah. There was a uh, people claim they heard footsteps in the attic and on the roof, and they found like a newspaper that wasn't theirs. All creepy stuff like that. And then uh, when the bodies were discovered, it was days later. So someone had been staying in the house, feeding the cattle, and tending to the fire. Yep. Oh, that's Eating their food. That's yep. creepy and as hell. It's, it's, I immediately thought of that when I when I saw mm-hmm. that. And so then, um, uh, Paul, then, uh, Felix and Z come up the stairs, uh, and then they see, and then in addition to the, uh, the guy in the, and the lamb mask or the Fox mask, I mean, and he, as soon as Paul turns around, kills him. He's, does he slit his, he slits his throat, right? He does. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus, did you have to do that in front of me? Right. Whoa. And then this is where we find <laughs> out. Dun, dun, dun. Z and Felix are in on. Are in on it. They want that. Yeah, what's going on? Sweet, sweet inheritance. Yep. yep that, uh, that. Didn't they like orchestrate it? Yeah. 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 They, they're the, uh, the, um, yeah. Maybe not the, uh, not the only ones as we find out. Later, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. our and, first twist of the movie, right? Yes, and they and they proceed to Z tries to seduce him, right? 
Oh like, yeah, practically on Aubrey's body. It's so vile. Like, I know. It's, just it's like, like yeah. I almost like. I, and again, it. I'm glad it's very effective, and it's very effective. And the first time I watched this, it made me angry. I'm like, you know what, movie? Yeah. No, you're going too far now. <laughs> like, stop. I'm. I'm glad he held his. Me too. Know, stance yeah. Me He's too. Like, are you fucking kidding me with this? Like, gross. Right. You don't want to do anything fun. It's like you are disgusting. Oh it just kind of like beats over the head. You know how terrible of a person she is. Yeah. And um. And so uh, and shows how kind of more sympathetic he is. You know, he was also like, "Did you have to kill my dad right in front of me?" You know. Yeah. To him, to him, it's a business transaction, and he doesn't want exactly. to see any of this other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but so- I mean, in all fairness, when they went upstairs and ran into Paul, and I, I told Stefan I was going to be bitching throughout this entire movie and yelling at the TV because that's what I do. Oh, and, of course. <laughs> You know, when they were talking to Paul, you know, Paul went around and he's, you know, walking backwards and I'm just yelling at him. Don't turn your back to the open space. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. really? <laughs> there are people trying to kill you and your family. How dumb are you? Right. And of course, you know, killer steps in and so I I love in this moment that they give they give the killers some character too. Like yeah. that, you know, he gets all upset about, you know, well, I lost somebody too. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. for them, it's, it's, yeah, just a paycheck, you know, as we find out. Um, they were, we assume, you know, they were in, uh, well, they, they were in Iraq, didn't they say? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if they so, were, you know, I don't know if Felix was there too or not, or if he just knew about it. Like, if he like found people that were good military people to do that. That's thing. what I assume. I would yeah. assume that. Um, and so, uh, you know, we uh, find that out, and then uh, in the rage, when the guy in the lamb mask finds the corpse of the guy, and th- these are th- these people. I'm not just being like, oh yeah, they, they do have names. Yeah, that, uh, that's yeah, how they're uh, credited. Yeah, they're yeah. credited, but they do they do have names as well. Um, uh, Tiger mask is Dave, uh, Fox mask is Tom, and then lamb mask is Craig. But you and know, I like how the writer played one of them too. Simon Barrett's awesome. The writer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just call them by their mask names. It's more fun. Yeah. And uh, and so then um uh we uh at this time, you know, Drake, who still has the the crossbow in his back. Oh he uh oh, he's got he the tra- arrow in his back. Yeah, yeah the, the the arrow, sorry, the crossbow arrow, yep. He yep. uh runs away. And then Aaron is able to stab a lamb or lamb mask in the head with the or with stab with the screwdriver. Oof. And then at this point, she uh, she goes full uh, Home Alone on this. Yes, yeah. up I was going to the, say they they may be mili- ex military guys, but nobody nobody sees the Home Alone traps coming. No, 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 no. no. Well, well, one of to well, one be of fair, them, one of the guys sees them. Yeah, but he but doesn't see the one him. right yep. under them. That's what I loved. The, I love that she made two, yeah. and one of them's a red herring. Like it's yep. so good. <laughs> I agree, and uh, and so, you know, uh, Z. She explains to Z fully, you know, that she grew up in the survivalist compound where she learns uh, what's going on, and then uh, uh, Felix at this point kills uh, Drake. Stabs him with like every kind of it's kind of like maybe overkill, 
I don't mean to be like a smart ass about that, but he just like takes everything like, like on the table. It's like the full display of everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just one it's, at a time. Like it's an interesting, time, you know, it's yeah. an interesting <laughs> bit of semi levity, but it also, it really brings what Felix said upstairs full circle of the, did you really have to do that in front of me? And now it's putting the ownership of this in Felix's hands. Right. Mm. And, and he could easily like stab him once and realize shit. Uh, no, like this is too mm-hmm. much. But he then doubles down, and he's like, "Why won't you just die?" And I'm like, it, "It's it's oddly sympathetic in an awful way. Like that way you get sympathetic with villains, where you go, oh, I can see how you got here, and you still need to go.' Like mm-hmm. you're 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 just right. awful. <laughs> it's like just you know, you already you already lost one sibling it's like you know they're not gonna i mean i understand if they just killed the parents there might have been some suspicion but it's like you lost one of your siblings it's like just you know let him have they, they don't the want to split the uh inheritance <laughs> evidently not i know that's that's the key in you know getting rid of their siblings and whatnot mm-hmm. i know greed and uh and so then aaron uh finds the dad's body and she just jumps through a window, like without thinking twice. Like, I hope I could do something like this. Well, she finds the dad body, the dad's body. And one of the killers like pops up yep, and from without even bed. thinking, yeah. she just launches herself. Just out of la- second just, floor yeah, yeah, I'll take, I'll launches. take whatever happens to me here over what right. that guy could do to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At this point we see the, uh, the nail trap, Oh. Uh, happen, which is just it's uh, it's it's like it's so gnarly in a beautiful way. I love it. <laughs> uh, and then Aaron um, is Aaron's limping around at this point. She's pretty incapacitated. She got and a then piece of, of that glass, glass in her leg. The oh yeah, that's right, the glass pulling uh, out of a piece of glass. I know. Ever <laughs> <laughs> one of the most graphic yeah. glass pullouts I ever saw. Funny enough, was in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Yes, I was. I was shocked that what well, was that in the was that in the PG thirteen version or the unrated version? I think it was in the unrated version. Okay, because that was I'm like that was. I think it would have to be right. I'm like that was graphic for a PG thirteen, but you know, I digress. Uh, and so they um, she hides in the door to that goes down to the basement, and then she overhears uh, Fox Mask, Lamb Mask, Lamb Lamb Mask, Felix and Z talking about their whole plan you know they because we the movie needed that you know to advance the plot you know like the convenient you know what do they say on um uh cinema sense convenient explanation is convenient yes <laughs> and so um oh they, they just did uh they just released uh an episode of that for snakes on a plane today i'm gonna watch it right after this Woo-hoo! really long time coming can't believe they did they took that long but anyways so um and then convenient timing her phone beeps that oh, her text to 911 has gone through. I wish they would make that a thing. I do. It would save so many people. I know. It, it's like it, it reminded me of like in Scream, where Sydney yeah. was in her room and she types that in. It's like that tech. I, I don't know about that. Yeah, never heard of well, that. Well, she types it but... in on like a TTY program, right? For <laughs> hearing impaired, which is genius absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant but with this day and age you know if somebody's hiding in the closet they can't exactly call and say help there's somebody in the room you know trying to find me and kill me 
Exactly. That's why, like, like in a, in Red Eye, when they call and she answers the phone, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick up the phone. I mm-hmm. mean, that would alert your location immediately. And, um, and so, uh, then they, they open the door and she kills, uh, Lamb Mask. And then she can't out, she realized she can't outrun, um, uh, Fox masks with the wounded leg or any of the other three. So she sets up the trap at the front door and this will come back later. This trap oh, with the axe. Wonderfully. So I know. <laughs> and a cinder and, block. Right. And twine and whatever other odds and ends. She's so resourceful. Yeah. I wish I could be that. I'm an Eagle scout. I, and I'm not that resourceful. I like that. This movie shows her make the stuff though. The thing yes. with home alone, the thing with home alone that I always had a problem with was I can fully see a kid setting these traps up, but the movie doesn't give us any inclination that he can. So, like, when you see them all set up, it's like, damn, like, eight-year-old is smart. <laughs> like, Kevin's <laughs> a prankster, and with he, that they, they, they showed They showed him, yes, to the... Uh, to well, the um, uh, John Williams score, they do. It's believable in movie number one, but in movie number two, when he literally enters that house like thirty seconds before they do, and manages sure, to have yeah. All right. that. That's the one where I went, "Come on, guys! <laughs> like, this isn't <laughs> his home awesome. turf. This is a little silly." I oh, still enjoy the hell out of those. Movies. I know, <laughs> I know. Jess, you mentioned doing the Good Son. Um, Ooh, I always yes. think. Uh, I think another one that would compare that would pair good with the Good Son is a Home Alone 2, just because it's like a real, a prelude if you watch it. <laughs> I said Orphan. I know, Ooh. no, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying as a joke. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Um, you know what, we, uh, we could do a joke on that episode where we pretend that we're comparing it to Home Alone 2, and then, and then mm-hmm. like, do, like, a record skip and then jump into Orphan. <laughs> we're just kidding. Right. And I love, I love the, uh, the, the, uh, setting up the trap music here it's like the 80s synthesized like it just sounds like stranger things it does you know what i mean it just does mm-hmm. and um and so uh uh fox mask enters through the window and um so aaron can try, try to kill him in the basement she's trying to trap him and then it's z and felix who try to go down there and the i love the uh the trap here with the camera the flash yeah, the yeah. timer setting on the camera. It reminded me of a saw. Yeah. Yeah. Reminded me of that scene. And so um uh Z or sorry, Aaron just her this kill makes the movie. How she kills uh Felix. Oh yeah. Didn't she kill him in the kitchen? Yeah, uh she I guess she runs back up to the kitchen. Yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia summary. Um, I'm trying. Yeah, because it was the kitchen. How did she? Oh yeah, she she came around. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so she uh, kills him with a blender, and like you know, not just smashes his head with it, you know, you know the glass, but then plugs it in. I love this. So good. Takes the time to plug it in and just just boom. Yeah, scrambles his brains literally. And uh, uh, she's and then Z just stabs her, you know, in the head with the knife. So both uh, head wounds. And um, uh, then um, Felix's cell phone rings. Yep. And she picks it up 
totally silent and it's Crispin on the other end. Is it all done? (laughs) Yeah. Have you gone through with the plan? Uh, I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. What did he say? I'm a pacifist. I can't do this. And so Aaron just doesn't say anything. Is in shock. Yeah. Is in shock. I really hoped at this point, Crispin came in the front door. I'm so glad he didn't. I know. I know. And so she, um, uh, she comes back, like he comes back and she's the only one. And then he just tries to save face so well here. And Aaron just is not buying it. I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, don't... there's no way he was letting her live. That's no, and he even, especially, I mean, I mean, at first he was like, yeah, you know, we were, you know, we were going to, you know, have you be there as the sole survivor. I mean, other than Z, it's like, no, <laughs> no. Cause <laughs> why would you need me if you had Z yeah. to back yep. you up? So he's like, you know, we, we're going to come and do a ton of money. You can, you know, you can quit pay your, you know, your job, pay off loans. your loans, you know, which while tempting, you know, isn't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't risk it. And, uh, she just, uh, doesn't buy it. And uh, she kills him in just disgust. Stabs him through through the uh, through the ear, right? Through the eye. Eye. Through the eye. Oh yeah, that's right. The eye, and then yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, even better. And um, then at this point, she gets shot. The cop has arrived. Uh, finally. finally. Don't worry, everybody's safe. I'm here. They were. I mean, <laughs> they were in the middle of nowhere. I can believe it took a while for them. To come, I get but, uh, that, but I would hope they would send more than one. More than but I suppose. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, than... um, I, I've heard, I've heard, like, um, if there, if there's a a call that's hung up, that or it's just a, uh, well, like, I guess she did text that, um, you know, we're in, we're in trouble. She explained yeah. the gravity of the surgery, but I know even if, if they don't, and they get a random thing, they'll send a squad and ambulance for a good measure, uh, and so maybe uh, not to I... Rich, maybe not to Richville though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I or maybe actually, they would. I have to intrude a little bit. Um, so when I was a little girl, I I always heard the you know don't call nine one one unless it's an emergency, and uh, you know didn't really figure out you know what would happen. Um, and so I dialed nine one one while we were at a friend of my mom's house and hung up. <laughs> they were like, 911, what's your emergency? And I hung up. I'm like, I don't have an emergency. I'm going to get oh, in trouble, shit. click. No. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's all done. Nothing happened. I did it. Nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to find out. And within about 10 minutes, there was a knock on the door. <sighs> and one cop, one cop car, just, you know, mm-hmm. hey, is there an emergency here? No. Why? Uh, we got a call from this address. Jesse, get down here. Mm. Going to go up and fess up, and so at that point, it was just one cop, one car. Right. Yeah, we we had one of those with Ava a few weeks ago. She had just they had been taught teaching that in school, and mm-hmm. so she just had a phone up and went dial nine one one if you have yep. an emergency. And, okay. and she's and learning. Then the cops showed yeah. up and was like, and my mo- my wife was like, oh. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. They were really cool about it. But oh yeah. 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 
I remember um, since we mentioned uh, Rescue 911 last time, um, <laughs> I remember, like, I, I'm amazed how vividly I remember that show. And there was one episode where there was, like, a girl who um, we talk about, you know, I mean, this, this is a legitimate emergency, especially for a small child. It's like, you know, she came home, you know, got off the bus, came in, and, like, her mom wasn't home. And she freaked out and called 911. It's just like, oh, the mom forgot, you know, no, no big deal. You know, and they made an episode of that. You know, just sometimes, you know, that happens. Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. You know, they do their job. That I remember the dispatcher was so kind. She's like, what'd you do in school today? And she's like, we watched a movie. It was good. It's like, oh, that's nice. It's like, you know, and they, should do a, they should do an episode of 911 with that, huh, Jess? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Certainly a bore, be a boring week, which there never is, never is a boring week no. on that show. Oh, yeah. my gosh. If there's ever a show that I cannot do anything else but just keep my eyes glued to it, it's mm-hmm. 911 and then, what, Lone Star 911? Yep. Like, oh, my word. Yeah. Th- that shows, those shows are amazing. Yeah. They are. And um, so, uh, so then Aaron falls down, obviously, and the cop, you know, is like, you know, situa- situation secure, whatever, and... Which, you know, it's like, how could you possibly, you know, it's like, you don't know that for sure. Like, yeah, I took care else. of the one person. The one, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes to open the door and Aaron tries to scream and then the axe comes down and slices him. And then we get the blood splatter and the Your Next logo Your next. and credits start, boom. Uh, and And in case you're wondering what happened after, there was uh, towards the end of a, the credits a still of Aaron in a mugshot, so she at least initially got arrested. Yep, yeah. I, I I do love since everything Wingard does always has some sort of stinger bite and yep. humor in it. I was really impressed that he held off on too much levity till that final shot, where yeah. I'm like, because the movie is so tense, and then it's like, how are we going to end this? Like, rarely, where is this going to go? And it's like. Eh, you know what? We'll just we'll just have this trap go bad and like leave you completely off guard in your seat, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've always I've always wondered with a lot of movies, especially horror movies, like you know what happened after, you know, like like to the character, you know, like just what happened after, basically, like to the to these people, you know. And I like well, when they kind of give you a hint. Here's an interesting thing: what happens to the money? Because uh, they weren't married and none of them had kids. No, but I'm sure there are other, you know, yeah. next of kin or charities or whatever. Which is always an interesting yeah. thing because it's like, and, did you did you think this through? Like, what happens if by accident Felix dies? You know, and figuring all this out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and what happens if you know moms and dads' wills don't bequeath you any money? Right, right. You oh, end up with knives that, out. That would have been a good like alternate <laughs> ending. That'd been a really good alternate ending. <laughs> We're giving it all to the dog. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's uh, your next. Stefan, that was awesome. And I, that was great. I it's just it's just such a great movie. Well, my, do you have an MVP for your movie, Stefan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say the um, the signal jacker. Because it uh, it makes, like I said, it avoided the trope of uh, the technology not working. You know, that's that is such a cliche of 2000, 2000s horror movies. 
I love how they, they joke about it in Scream 4, where it's like, take a shot every time, you know, you're, you open up your cell phone, you get no service. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a staple, a real staple of the Wrong Turn franchise, including the new entry. Um, mm. So I just, uh, yeah, I just, to me, like, I love that they, like, actually explained it. Like, oh, that's why they don't work and they can't call for help. Cool. Right, of course. Yeah. Nice. Mine is the CD okay. player repeat button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that, that, keeps, that keeps so many people away from that house <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering how many times it was going to play before it put a scratch in it right right and it's it, this this time around watching it when I said wait a minute why is it playing on repeat and then it goes to show you that repeat is on the screen yep. I'm like yep. ah there you go movie mm-hmm. thanks <laughs> I always think and I, I brought this up to Jess when we were re-watching it how um I remember the the trailer for this movie and they played uh, You Just Keep Me Hanging On. I know yes. that's not the name of the song, but that's the lyric in it. And uh, I remember that just like hooked me right away. And I thought that song was going to play in the movie and it didn't. But, you know, right. Jess was like, yeah, it's probably because they didn't have the rights for it at the time. They couldn't. I mean, they couldn't afford it on their shoestring budget. Yeah. Or else they wanted a catchier song to get your attention for the trailer. Right. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did the critics think? Stefan, on your next... As per uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the Your Next has a critical score of seventy nine percent, an audience score of sixty percent, which kind of kind of surprises me. Yeah, me too. I feel like the audience score should be a bit higher, but whatever. Um, so with that, uh, Jess, hit us up with um, Ready or Not. All right. Well, you know, I did Ready or Not. I actually watched this with my partner again on Saturday and took my notes. Uh, my partner had never seen it. Uh, he really enjoyed it. Um, and the IMDb little blurb about it says, A bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. Mm. I love so, how little about the movie that tells you. Right. Yeah. Doesn't hardly tell you anything. Um, and um and Jess, didn't you say that Dan funny enough like mixed this up with your next? Uh actually while we were watching it, he's like, you know, this feels a lot like that one movie with the guy where they put a blender on his head. And I was like, huh, what what movie is that? And so like he tried to Google it and couldn't find anything. I Googled it and up came your next. Mm. <laughs> you see, this was a good idea. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Um, and so my notes are going to jump around a little. I will do my best to uh, talk about it. Um, your next is definitely a little more up to date than, um, or re- ready or not, is a little more up to date than your next mm-hmm. coming out in, excuse me, 2019, billed as an action comedy horror which I would agree to all of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And we've actually got some really great cast, again, uh, including Samara Weaving, Adam Brody, you know, definitely Andy McDowell, um, Melanie Scrofano, Kristen Brune, lots of, you know, some people you may not have seen, some people you may have. um, Definitely a good mix of people in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
So when I do my notes, I just kind of take them as I'm going through the movie. Perfect. So uh, we open up and there's a bride. And she's getting ready for her wedding day. And she's, you know, kind of repeating her vows and, you know, looking out over this gorgeous, lush courtyard with, you know, all these chairs where I guess the ceremony is going to take place. And this is how we meet Grace, the, you know, main character of our film. And, you know, her husband comes in to talk about her. But whenever... Uh, Stefan and I talk about Samara Weeping. We call her not Margot Robbie. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> they are very easy to confuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, Samara Weaving's rap sheet, just with how, you know, short she's been acting, um, really, uh, really just, she's played so many different characters you know she Mm -hmm. was in guns akimbo and uh this this one shocked me and bill and ted faced the music oh she was daughter she was great she she and that other the the other actress who played the other daughter they should do a spin-off movie with them god i hope they do yeah they they should you know um and she was in hollywood as one of the actresses and she was in the babysitter and babysitter killer queen and Mm -hmm. a whole lot of stuff you know um so she's she's actually been around for about 12 years doing stuff but you know she's she's actually gotten quite a broad range for Mm -hmm. You know, not having that long of a career, I'd say. And they really wanted the uh, the directors wanted her to be in the new Scream movie, but they couldn't make it work with scheduling. Oh. I know. Well, maybe they'll make another. She can be in that one. Yeah, make it a nice big box set that I can buy later. Um. So anyway, talking about not Margot Robbie and her <laughs> <laughs> soon to be husband comes in. Well, she's talking about her uh, her vows and he, you know, he says, you know, we can get out of here. We can leave. You know, this isn't usual. They're used to like a two, three year uh, dating engagement. Well, we had an 18 month bonathon was their quotation, which I find <laughs> hilarious. Yes. Um, but. You know, she's, she's, you know, excited to be marrying into his family because we find out later she was an orphan. She, you Mm -hmm. know, never got adopted. She's never had a real family. So she's excited about this, you know, and uh, she's, she's met them before. And uh, Daniel, Afro's character, hits on her quite often. And, you know, it is. He's so scummy in a beautiful way. (laughs) um he'll he'll come back around a few times and be a key player in our game but um basically setting up that she's marrying into the uh la la domino family uh ladonis ladonis that's what it is yeah no Um, my brain should have remembered that and i'm like what the hell is their name again (laughs) yeah l-e-d-o-m-a-s Ladomas. Yep. Um, So, you know, she's marrying into this big, you know, um, 
board game mogul family, um, you know, and this is the first family she's really ever had. I didn't and realize board games were so lucrative. <laughs> have you met Milton Bradley? <laughs> I can't say I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with how many games they have out, I would think they're doing pretty decently. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they uh, Daniel comes and gets his brother and heads outside for pictures. And um, they do all the pictures before the ceremony. And the maids are standing there off to the side just waiting. And they're not dressed like any maids I've ever seen. They're all wearing these dark black dresses, dark makeup, hair up. Like, they, they look kind of just like goth chicks. Um... And don't get me wrong, I love goth girls. I am a goth girl. But <laughs> these maids don't really look the part, but it still works. And so, you know, they're going through taking pictures, and we kind of get a quick look at, you know, each of the family members to kind of establish who they are. Like, Daniel takes a picture with his wife, Charity, who I mentioned before. And, you know doesn't smile for the picture and she is all dark and dramatic and you know just everybody's getting their pictures taken and Annie McDowell uh, the mom or Becky uh, takes a chance to go talk to not Margot Robbie uh, Grace <laughs> and you know just says you know you remind me of me you know I was a lot like you when I married into this family you know it's not a big deal People come around, you know, don't worry about it. And, uh, you know, as we're going through these pictures, off to the side, there's a very curmudgeonly old woman <laughs> uh, sitting off to the side wearing all black. And she has the most amazing hairstyle I have seen outside of a Disney movie. Yeah, I, she's got I, a Cruella yes. DeVille thing going on. It's like her hair, it's like she went into a wind tunnel with, like, a handful <laughs> of gel and swooped it all the way back and to a point. And it is amazing. And it reminds me almost of Hades in yeah. Hercules alone. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> or, or Ursula. You know, it's 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 really great. And I actually said to my partner, I'm like, you know, I might try that. And he's like, don't you dare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Do it. So, um, as we're watching this movie, we realize that this crabby aunt, as I have her in my notes, uh, we saw her at the beginning of the movie, the opening of the movie, which was 30 years before. And, dun, dun, um, dun. It was her wedding night, and we find out that her uh, her groom was shot up with some arrows and taken away by the family. And, you know, she just followed behind him. And this was from the view of Daniel and Alex as little boys. Yep. So they've, they've seen some stuff, and this is kind of setting it up for this family ain't quite right. So, um, crabby aunt, she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want her picture taken. She just sick of everyone's shit and just wants to go about her own business. 
it's a big how to do. And I can relate um, at times. <laughs> <laughs> she just she's got, you know, dark purple lipstick and she just she has the scowl. She just has the oh. scowl the entire time. Oh my god, I yeah. love it. I love this woman's aesthetic. Like yep. it is amazing. Mm. Like I just want to like get to know her and know of all, all her evil thoughts and ways. <laughs> um, so they do the ceremony, um, and at the end, uh, Alex, who is the groom, and you know, uh, actually part of the family, and Grace. Uh, start to head upstairs, and they start to get busy and whatnot. And curmudgeonly Aunt shows up. All of a sudden, <laughs> it's like close the door. Uh, the door was closed, oh, and was. we find out that there are servants' corridors in this house. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the people don't only have secrets, but the house has secrets. Mm-hmm. So Alex says to Grace. By the way, it's tradition when somebody gets married that we have to play a game at midnight. Oh, okay. You know, it's the Le Domus family tradition. You know, you have to. There's no two ways about it. She's like, can we do it tomorrow? No, can't do it tomorrow. It has to be at midnight. (laughs) So, you know, she's like, just give me 10 minutes. I got to put my game face on. You know, the boys head downstairs. He's like, you know, we'll meet you in, I forget which room he said, um, but one of the extravagant mansion rooms. Right. And so she cleans up and heads downstairs in her full bridal glory, um, you know, heels and all. And uh, as she's walking through, they have her walking through this ballroom that's lined with shelves of books that i i'm just like wow the library slash ballroom is gorgeous like it rivals beauty and the beast like yeah it's thought amazing. of that too yep and um at one point uh a couple people that we have not met um alex and daniel's sister finally shows up with her uh, husband or her partner and her two kids and they're running around you know getting ready for bed and one of them has this disgusting old leathery mask on that we saw in the beginning um, mm-hmm. on the family that was hunting the former groom and Alex you know when he and Grace were upstairs, he's like, you know, we can still leave. We can run off, whatever. And she's like, no, you know, we can we can stick this out. It's not a big deal, you know. And so, you know, the kids are running around. And I literally have it in my notes as fucked up kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I saw a mask like that when I was a kid, that would not be touching me. It's like drooping and gross and full. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't. So, they go into the specialty Ledomas family game room, which is <laughs> full of taxidermy and a large table that they all sit down at. Because, you know, it was grandpa or great-grandpa was a game hunter, so it is filled with all his gaming successions. 
and they pass around this box and tell the story of how the Ladomas family, um, I guess, Ladomas came about their wealth. Yeah, but um, I want to say hierarchy, but it's not the Ladomas family um, dominion, yeah. if you will. Yeah, came upon how they started. And they're passing around this puzzle box. And it's pretty cool. It's made of wood. It's heavy duty. It's resilient. You know, some people don't want to touch it. You know, some people, you know, check it out. No big deal. But everybody there has already seen it because they've obviously already played a game. And so basically, you put a card in this box and it prints out whatever your game you're going to play. And they do that, and out comes hide and seek. <laughs> and um, you know, they they were saying before the uh, the people around the table. I mean, basically family, the Ledamas family, with you know the brothers and the sister and her partner that just showed up, and everybody's partners and whatever. Um, they were saying, you know, one of them had to play chess, and one of them had to play old maid, and. This and that, and you know, the the partner of the sister is like, "What even is old maid?" Like, I don't even know. <laughs> and it's just, it's pretty ridiculous. And you know, we're we're learning how these people are. And um, so the card box prints out hide and seek, and they explain that she just has to stay hidden until sunrise. You know, which, I mean, could be easy. They they even said she doesn't have to win. She just has to play. So, you know, she is the hider, and the rest of them are the seekers. And basically, they all just have to try and find her. And they turn off the security cameras, lock the doors, so they have to stay in the house. And it starts. And they start this record that oh. is so creepy. And it's like, run, run, run. run. We're going to have to find you. Yeah. Oh, this, so this whole thing about hide and seek. It sets the mood of the movie so well. It does. And it gave me Get Out flashbacks. Yes. From mm-hmm. that Run Rabbit song. Yeah. Like, oh, that just. When they add that, it's definitely that touch. It gives me that, you know, dread in my stomach. Like, it's so just disgustingly something bad is going to happen. It's sadistic. Mm-hmm. It's like, it is. E- even before you know what's going on, it's like, this is not right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but on a basic level, it just sounds like a cheery old song. Yep. You know? So, you know, as I said, my, my notes were all over the place, you know. That's um, okay. <laughs> it, it says Andy McDowell here, but I've already talked about her. I think she's wonderful. Um, I don't think we see her in it enough. And I think uh, the first time Stefan and I watched this, the last time I remember seeing her in anything was Magic Mike XXL. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. a different kind of role. Yeah, and different from her usual roles these days of, like, Hallmark movies. Right. 
Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I don't usually watch those, so I really have no idea. I'm pretty sure somebody does a Hallmark movie at one point in their career. You know, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the first place Grace thinks to hide is the dumbwaiter. You know, she gets in and she pulls her dress in and whatnot, and she's still wearing her heels. And, you know, my mind goes straight to the service halls. I'm like, you get in those service halls, nobody's going to find you. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) run around in there, find a good place, whatever. Um, But anyway, she gets in the dumbwaiter, and she's hanging out, and she gets bored. She's she's literally in there for like two minutes, and she's already bored. I'm like, girl, you've got to last. Biting her nails bored. Yeah, Yeah. you've got to last like six hours. Come on. Oh, well, again, she she has no reason to be concerned at this point. So it's just right. like, yeah, I'll go find a new place. Fuck it. She and it's funny yeah. because you know she didn't. I guess she wasn't looking at Daniel, but we saw you know, or I mean, I mean, um, uh, uh, Alex, uh, when when she pulled the card, the look on his face. Yeah, yeah that look of know, acceptance like, and like dread. We, like we like we know what's something's coming. Yeah. Well, and he looked straight at uh, Daniel, his brother, mm-hmm. because the last time they played hide and seek was thirty years ago, and they right. remember what happened. And I think it was Alex that shoved Daniel in the wardrobe. Yep. Um, to you know keep him from seeing that and try to protect him, which you know good brother, but dang. Mm-hmm. So, um. You know, uh, they're going around and they give each of the family members a weapon. Yeah, I was going to say, they're armed. (laughs) Yes, they are armed. One of my favorite things is the curmudgeonly aunt gets a battle axe. It's the best thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The battle axe has a battle axe. Yes, I was just going to say that. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, people are given different, like, very old weaponry. There's a shotgun, there's a crossbow, there's a um, pistol, there's, you know, a number of different things to use. Mm-hmm. There's, like, uh, you know, a very old gun um, and whatnot. And uh, this this daughter that showed up late is kind of the fuck-up of the movie. And oh, when, yeah. And Grace, like, she's got some powder under her nose, <laughs> like, her husband is, you know, the most insolent, just idiot kind of guy. Mm-hmm. That it reminds me of Otho from Beetlejuice. Yes, 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 yes. I thought the same thing. He's only concerned with being rich and ordering people around. Yep. But and, the whole like you know, you know like like flying, flying uh you know commercial. Ugh. Yeah. It's like, honey, yep. have you seen First Class International? It's basically <laughs> private. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, the first thing Emily, the uh, the fuck up daughter, does she gets you know the little pistol. She's the, like, the, why do I get oh. stuck with this? You know, and you know she uh, she heads up to their bedroom to see if anybody's there. She opens the door, <laughs> sees movement. And shoots. (laughs) And it turns out she kills one of the maids. Mm -hmm. Brutally, too. (laughs) Yes. Right in the head. And well be it, 
Grace and Alex are on the other side of the bed trying to be quiet. Because at this point, Grace has learned that they are trying to kill her actively. And so, you know, her, the rest of the family shows up and they're like, what? You killed the maid. What the hell? Like, we're not trying to kill her. We are trying to, you know, maim her. We need her for later. What? We need her for later? For what? So, we find out they're not actively trying to kill her. They need her. So, at this point, they start dragging the uh, the first maid out. And, um, you know, Alex tells Grace, get your tennis shoes on. Go out, go down the service hall, go to the kitchen, find a way out. And he's going to go to the emergency uh, lockdown room area where they have all the controls for the cameras and doors and everything. And he's going to try to, you know, get the doors unlocked so she can get out. And so at this point, she uh, it was a little bit before she went back into the game room and grabs, is it a shotgun? Shotgun. Yeah. Grabs a shotgun and this belt of bullets and puts like, it over like herself. elephant freaking yeah. bullets. Yes. <laughs> yes. These huge bullets. Puts it over herself and, you know, to make sure she doesn't trip on her dress. She's already ripped off the bottom of her dress, which, totally understandable because wedding dresses are not easy to move in freely. Um... And so she catches herself in a hallway full-length mirror, and she's like, wow, okay, you know. This is happening, not how I thought my wedding night was going to turn out. Yep, and it's just like Rambo Bride in a pair of yellow uh, chucks. Um, And so she gets to the end of the service hall, and she can't remember if Alex told her to go left or right. So she guesses, and she winds up in one of the other hallways and turns to see uh, Daniel and the dad, uh, Tony, carrying the maid's corpse out. And Emily goes, uh, I found her. (laughs) And goes to shoot her again. Misses, you know, Grace... Takes off, you know, and gets out of there. And they're like, you know, you let her get away again. What the hell? Aim for the center of gravity. Yes, aim for the center of gravity. Quit trying to kill her. Um, and Remember, Emily, just... Emily's the, uh, the the brown-haired niece. Wink, wink. <laughs> yes, Steph, and I haven't gotten there yet. Great. Um, And so... <laughs> And so, you know, Grace runs off and they drop this corpse and they're like, what the hell? And so, you know, they reconvene in the game room and they're they're trying to figure out a better plan because they realize that she now knows that they're trying to get her and they got to try harder and things like that. And um, actually, before this, we really learn what a buffoon uh, the oafish husband is. 
um, because he excuses himself to go to the bathroom to Google how to use a crossbow. Yep. <laughs> Such but, a nice touch. Yeah, and he's in there for a while, and he's he's watching a YouTube video of a gra- guy dressed like Robin Hood, and it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And um, oh yeah, so um, she gets to the kitchen that Alex told her to get to, and all of a sudden the butler walks in. The handy butler who is obsessed with a classical song and you know he's in there to make tea and this is one of the most tense moments of the movie yeah and Mm -hmm. they he is literally going around the kitchen like this it's like a servant's kitchen it's not like the nice big kitchen a mansion would have it really Um, reminded me though um jess you've been to uh you said you have been to the Glensheen Mansion in Duluth, right? I have not. Okay, because it really reminds me of that kitchen. Chris, you remember the Glensheen Mansion? We talked about it on yep. that episode. Yeah, yep. the the kitchen in in there really reminded me of that kitchen, like to a T. Hmm. Sorry. Anyways, no, it's okay. I just um, it's it's much smaller and um, just doesn't seem like the type of kitchen a big mansion would have. So I'm guessing it's mm-hmm. like the servant's kitchen. Right. Um, but he goes in there, he's walking around this island in the middle making tea while Grace is trying to stay on the other side of the island trying to figure out how to get out that door without him seeing. And she very, very quietly loads these elephant bullets into this gun. And, you know, he he hears it when she clicks it back shut. And at one point, I can't remember if he discovered her or if she just popped up. But, you know, she's trying to keep him from squealing on her because he's family loyal. And she grabs the teapot and smashes him across the face. Yep. Yeah, And this is where we start to learn that she is a fighter, you know, and we, we see her, you know, think about it beforehand. She doesn't want to do it, but she also doesn't want to die. So at this point, um, she tries to get out the door and can't and winds up back upstairs and, um, gets out of one of the rooms and jumps off of the roof. And this is where we see uh, the husband in the bathroom watching this YouTube video. And then he gets a text from friend like, hey, dog, what's up? And he's like, <laughs> nothing, family shit. So it's just like, <laughs> SMH about this guy just shaking my head. This guy is ridiculous. And everybody knows one of those guys. Like, you're just, ugh. Um, and so she runs off and she heads to, uh, there's a goat barn that she (laughs) finds herself in, a goat barn. And my partner decided to point out that there was a goat with rather large dangling balls. And I did not see that, but I didn't see it either. Pointed it out, you know, thank you, Dan. Anyway, she's in this goat barn, and she's trying to figure out where to hide, and the same little boy shows up. 
that had the mask on earlier. Well, Georgie. You know, and yeah, Georgie, what are you doing out of bed? And there was a scene a little earlier that, you know, one of the maids was with uh, the boys and she was supposed to be watching them. And she, I don't know if she nodded off for a minute or whatever, but Georgie was gone. And now Georgie shows up in the goat barn with a gun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, this freaking scene. And so she's putting her hand up, you know, trying to talk to him. And he just raises the gun and shoots. Oh. And she walks up and cold cocks this kid. Like, I love straight it. up, right hook, knocks him the fuck out. Like, yes, girl. Do not yeah. feel bad that this is a kid. He just tried to kill you, and he shot you through the hand. And, like, through, and we saw, I'm amazed they didn't do, like, the point-of-view shot like they did with Robert Downey Jr. and Natural Born Killers. Oh! Yeah, it reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I, mean, I bet he, I bet he, even if he really got shot in real life, he wouldn't have felt that at all at the time. Wink, wink. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Robert. I don't, I don't think he even remembers being in that movie. I doubt <laughs> it. True. I doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, it was a clean shot through and through, full hole, you know. Oh, it's so not brutal. Not a lot of blood. Um, but anyway, she... Um, I forget what happens, but she winds up falling down into this basement. As I put it, this like death pet or yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's uh, where they throw the goat excrement bin. It's um, <laughs> and she finds herself among not only goat bits and poo and blood and bones and goat bones and human bones. Mm, yeah, the yeah. hide the hide and seek losers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we do see. The groom's body from 30 years ago, which is only a skeleton, still has the arrows sticking out of it. I love it. I Mm -hmm. I just got to say that's kind of a waste of ammunition. But, I mean, you do you. You have the money to get more. Whatever. Right. (laughs) If if you want to leave the arrows there, fine. You don't want to, you know, clean them. Okay. It needed, we needed the audience to the reminder for that. That's why they did it. (laughs) Yes. And, yeah, I... I definitely get that, and it's definitely helpful. It's a humorous um, sight gag, too. It's kind of like, right. you know, he's still in his tux. He's still got these arrows in him. But, you know, I don't know if they would have put, the audience would have put two and two together if it was just a guy in a tux. Since we see him for all of, you know, 30 seconds in the beginning of the movie. So, so you know... We, we go back in to check on the family, and they're having this family meeting in the game room, you know, saying she got out, and um, all of a sudden, uh, the second maid walks in, and she gets shot by Emily again, <laughs> because she had switched um, weapons with her partner. So she now has the crossbow, and this poor maid gets shot <laughs> uh, through the mouth. I hope they, I hope they have good throat. death benefit contracts for these their staff. Seriously, <laughs> it was through the throat because we talked about the tracheotomy in Red Eye. Oh, mm-hmm. 
so she got a free tracheotomy as well. And uh, she's she's laying on the floor, and Battle Axe curmudgeonly aunt is saying, you know, <laughs> we need to get her. There's only a few more hours until dawn. We need her for this pact, you know, and we need Alex to come to terms and be a part of this family. And, you know, we, we need her. And she she keeps trying to say something and all of a sudden there's a uh, <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of like austin powers yeah exactly <laughs> from the corner of the room and at first you're like okay you know death moan you're gonna you're dying and then she starts to say something again and uh, <laughs> and it was one of one of the best gags of the movie no pun intended but i just perfect yeah, it was great. It happens one more time. Curmudgeonly Aunt is sick of this. Walks over and gives her a good hack with that battle axe. And just one did the trick. Oh yeah, she beheaded yeah. her. It's all good. You know, put her out of her misery. And so, you know, that <laughs> that happened. So we're down two maids, you know, and Grace you know, is working on getting out of the basement of the goat barn. And it has a ladder, a lovely ladder to get out. And she starts climbing up, and it is rickety. And she climbs up and climbs up and climbs up. And about halfway up, the lower part of the ladder falls. So she's pulling herself up by her arms. Basically by her upper body strength only. And uh, she gets to the top, and we see a large screw that is in there, which she doesn't realize is there. And it's sticking out a good couple of inches. Mm -hmm. And she puts her hand right down over it, screw through the bullet wound. I mean, it held held her in place and saved her life. Yep. Yep. It did. It did. It hurt like a bitch. But it did. And, you know, eventually she, you know, tore off some more of her dress, wrapped her hand, and got out of there. And Mm -hmm. so she's running through the woods. You know, they see her running through the woods. And um, as they have this meeting in the game room, we find out there is a devil's pact slash eradication clause. And and it's um, really... um, I don't. Mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, Jess, but I'm looking at oh, the okay. Wikipedia the Wikipedia page and the the man, uh, the man they made the deal with, uh, Labelle, yes, Labelle, is is uh, if you you can click on it on the Wikipedia page and it goes to, and it goes to another page called Belial, which is a yep. term occurring in the Hebrew Bible, which later became personified as the devil in Jewish and Christian oh. texts. I, I loved did not when, know that when I started watching this movie the first time and had no idea where it was going when they talk about, you know, the LaBelle guy that gives his father, you know, the money in exchange for, you know, mm-hmm. nothing or whatever. And I'm like, oh, he totally sold his soul to the devil. And like, yeah. I couldn't believe we get and I'm like, oh, oh, shit. OK, I called that. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So we learn that there is a devil's pact eradication clause that they need to make a sacrifice before sunrise in order to keep the family alive. 
and this is going through so much and there are some people who don't believe and some people who wholeheartedly believe they don't want to die you know hey remember that other rich family you know guess what happened to them oh they died in a house fire no they cousin didn't. bob or whoever yeah that's just what they told you you know and so you know we have grace running through the woods trying to get out and the uh, butler says, don't worry, I will get her. Goes <laughs> off to get her. And we find uh, Emily. Uh, they had traced Grace to the, uh, the goat barn. And Emily finds Georgie in the goat barn. Oh, my baby. You know, mm. and pulls him up. He is not, she is not motherly at all. She is the fuck up of this family. And she is literally going around the entire movie just trying to score a fix. Um, whatever yeah. drugs she can get her hands on. But at this point, she is taking the time to be a mom. Oh, my poor baby. What are you doing out here? Da, da, da. And he explains why he had the gun. You know, well, I just wanted to be part of the family. This is what you all were doing, so I wanted to do it too. And you notice he has got a shiner, like a nice black mm -hmm. eye forming on his left eye. And I'm like, damn right, girl. Like, know how to throw a punch. That is amazing. Um, and so, you know, at this point, Grace has gotten to the fence and she. Uh, wiggles one of the uh, bars out of this wrought iron fence, which I love wrought iron. I think it is absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she she is a very, very skinny person and can fit through there, but barely. a third of the way through, it starts scraping across her back uh. and digging in, which will probably make you squirm while you're watching it. And so um, it misses her spine, but it, you know, starts on her other side as she's getting out of the fence. And, you know, she gets out and runs into the road and there's a car coming. And she's trying to get him to stop so she can get out of there. And <laughs> one of my favorite quotes of the movie, because Grace is doing her best to be part of this family and not swearing and whatnot and so she's trying to hail down this car this car slows down but after seeing grace splattered in blood yeah just drives off yelling get the fuck out of the road and oh my gosh i i think cursing is great when it's applied this is one of my favorite lines of the movie it's so she satisfying screams after the driver she goes what the fuck is wrong with you you fucking asshole piece of shit little tiny dick liquor fucking yep. asshole fucking die <laughs> and it is so cathartic with everything she has been going through and fighting to get out of you know, she just to get all of this out in a nice big scream mm -hmm. is awesome. And so, you know, the butler catches up to her and she fights him off and winds up getting in his car and driving off without him. And they have an OnStar button in the car called. I love this part. 
And so she hits the button. She's like, I need you to call the police. I'm in danger. Somebody's, you know, chasing me. They're trying to kill me. And the guy is like, oh, well, uh, it turns out this car has been uh, shown as stolen. So I need to shut the car down. (laughs) And shuts the car down as she's driving it. And the guy on the line is like, you know, can I help you with anything else? And she's like, fuck you. And he's like, you know, have a good night and hangs up. And it's just, (laughs) it's like, what more can happen to this poor girl? Right. And And funny enough. So the guy that I I never realized until the other night who voiced him, uh, um, so uh, the the actor's name the actor's name is Nat Faxon, who uh, that show Jess Chris you've heard of Disenchantment right Yep yeah Yep So there's a character on there named Elfo who's like a little like gnome, and I always oh, thought okay. the, I always thought the guy on this the Justin the OnStar guy sounded so familiar, but I could never place where it was from, and I watched that like an episode of that right before. Rewatching that, so I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome. Ah, I always okay. remember him, Chris. I always remember him from Hamlet too. Yep. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um. So anyway, the butler catches up, knocks Grace out. You know, um, ties her up, uh, throws her in the back, and gets back on the road. Gets the car up and running. Gets back on the road, and um, Grace wakes up she's tied up in the back seat and the butler's on the on a video call with the family in the study and he's saying i've got her we're on our way back no worries and he turns up his favorite classical song and uh i'm sorry i did not look up what the song was before but it is a very recognizable one and So he turns it up and he's conducting while he's on this video call, which I guess is for the movie, but he could have hung up. Um, Anyway, the video call is watching. They can see the butler. They can see Grace in the back seat. And all of a sudden, Grace lifts her feet up and kicks the butler in the face. You know, the family is trying to scream and warn the butler that this is happening, but he cannot hear them because he loves this song so much and had to turn it up. And it, you know, sends them going off the road and they go right into a tree. And, you know, uh, Grace gets out and runs into Daniel. This is literally, I want to say, the third time she has run into Daniel during this game and every single time he has given her an out mm-hmm. you know she ran into him in the study you know i'll give you a 10 second head start that's all i can do you know and it's i i actually giggle because his 10 second head start is one two two and a half <laughs> right <laughs> Two and three quarters. Like <laughs> Two and five-eighths, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's his 10-second head start. So, you know, he's he's rooting for her to get out. He doesn't want this to happen. Yeah, he, he is so this, over this shit. Like, he <laughs> is. Like, he thinks this pact is bullshit. Like, this is dumb. Like, nobody believes in this shit. 
nothing's going to happen. Like, you know, this is a nice girl, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, she ran into him at another point where he, you know, helped her escape. And then, you know, this is the third one. And he's like, oh, you just had to crash into my tranquility. You know, I come out here to think, you know, and here you are. And um, at the end, you know, he knocks her out because he sees his father on the edge of this clearing. And he's like, you can come out now. And dad was like, oh, you knew I was here? And he's like, I'm drunk, not blind. So, you know, they get her to, you know, the study, tie her up, you know, and uh, the dad is going to do this um, sacrifice. And they go around and they all drink out of this chalice. (laughs) And as they're, they're chanting in Latin, And as they're about to sacrifice Grace with this stab right in the chest, oh, they start getting stomach cramps and falling over. And Daniel yet again comes to the aid of Grace and unties her. And she's like, you know, what did you give him? And um, he's like, you know, just a little bit of this. It's it it won't hurt them, but it'll make them shit weird for a week. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's still trying this, you know, this whole thing is bullshit. And he comes across is it charity he comes across? Yeah. 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 Yep. And he puts himself in between his wife, Charity. And Grace, and is like, you know, you don't have to do this. Like, this is bullshit. And she's like, if not for, you know, the pact, you know, I'm just done with this chick. Like, why should she deserve to live and be part of this family? Like, we're, we're just done. And she fires and winds up hitting Daniel in the neck. I'm guessing in an artery, because he bleeds yeah. out within a few minutes. Not on the tracheotomy this time. No, no tracheotomy. She actually had a really good shot. Um, So pretty sure she hit that uh, carotid artery. And Daniel goes down. So her hero is gone, sadly enough. And so they get her back into the, uh, the room, the study, to try and do this. Um, this uh, sacrifice again and at this point Emily has brought her kids like they yep. all put on their robes mm-hmm. they've got a few minutes like they're going to do this right we're going to get this down and Alex has even joined them this time and Alex was saying you know I you know, I'm a part of this family and the aunt is even like, you're supposed to take over as the head of this family. So you should be the one to sacrifice. And he takes his place at the head of the table to be part of this family and sacrifice grace. And they're chanting in Latin. And all of a sudden, 
the aunt turns around, the curmudgeonly aunt turns around and sees, <gasps> it's already daylight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the family around the table all brace for something to happen. Anything. <laughs> and nothing. <laughs> nothing happens. And they were like, what the hell? I knew this was bullshit anyway. You know, why have we been doing this? And then all of a sudden, somebody explodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they all start exploding one by one. Guts and blood, great explosions. Like Emily grabs her two boys and runs out in the hallway, and you just hear a. And of course, they couldn't show the kids. They couldn't show the kids dying in an R rated film, right? Despite how (laughs) fucked up they are, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And this this is when Alex goes full Crispin. Yes. Alex (laughs) basically takes a page out of Crispin's book and tries to talk his way out of it. You know, I I didn't believe in this anyway. I didn't want to be a part of them. You know, I I tried to give you an out. I wanted to get out of here. I wanted to elope. You know, let's just go. You know, we don't have to be here. Da-da-da. And uses everything in the book that he can. But he has already made his choice. And Grace says, I want a divorce. And throws his ring at him. And there's a pause. And as soon as the engagement ring hits him in the chest. Boom. Big explosion. And it's it's funny how, you know, he tried to talk himself out of it. Especially because, you know, we just had the, um, uh, before there was a scene after Grace, you know, killed his mom. And, you know, he comes to her and she just like, you know, is like, get away from me. And at that point he realizes it's over. So he's like, fuck it. You know, we're going to, we're going to kill her. So it's like, yeah, you're trying to save face there, whatever. (laughs) Yep. He did a full heel turn after he saw that Grace beat mom's head in with the puzzle box. The box. Yep. So (laughs) poetic. Like, that's the thing is she doesn't want to kill anybody, but she will fucking kill you to live. Like, she she will take you out. So, at the very end, you know, the house is caught on fire, and she sits outside, and the police and firefighters are getting there, and, you know, a policeman walks up to her and says, what happened here? And she just goes, in-laws. <laughs> Cut to black. Yep. So... You know, it, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, definitely had fun rewatching it. It's definitely one I can watch over and over again and not get annoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so much goddamn fun. Well, it's it's a blast. really bleak. You know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. that 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 third act ramp up. I know a lot of people I've heard that were like on board with the movie because they didn't really catch the fact that there was the supernatural thing going on. Because yeah. I, I do love when they all start exploding and they cut to the chair and uh, mm-hmm. the and not the devil. LaBelle um, shows up and fire real quick. <laughs> and they go so yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh shit. Like, he practically yeah. winks at her like, Good Yeah, job. the movie's yeah. so badass in that respect. Yeah. I would say the MVP for um, uh, Ready or Not would be uh, uh, Justin, the OnStar, <laughs> whatever their version of uh, OnStar uh, is. Because, I mean, he does... Um, was it implied that he did like call the police or he yes. must nope. have because they, they arrived eventually. 
Uh, I don't know. Like, maybe he started to, but then he's like, hey, this car is stolen. I got to shut it down. Yeah, but wouldn't well, that also require a police call, though, with the stolen right. car? That's I what I'm think. thinking. Probably. I'll do the uh, critical the score for the Rotten Tomatoes yes, score for Ready yes. or Not, which yep. is uh, 88% critics, 78% audience. So a bit higher than uh, Ready or Not or um, You're Next and a bit more of a... Um, or less of a discrepancy for, for the the sense of you know the, the god you guys both did such an awesome job talking about those movies um you know going in order um let's gab about them for a second but we went on for a long time um and uh you know what's everybody think i keep flip-flopping between these because i love the visceral rawness that, you know, even though these are both pretty small movies in the grand scheme of things, ready or not is so much more polished, you know, <laughs> than, 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 um, your next is. And I think it works for it. I think if your next had been polished like this, it wouldn't have worked as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't yeah. know. I think, I think what really sells one movie over the other, and it only inches by, in my opinion, for me is ready or not, I feel has the better stinger. Even though I love the stinger at the end of your next, the full circle of in-laws is just so freaking perfect. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? Yes. Um, I mean, I I love both films. I think they in their own ways, they do they, you know, they get the job done. Uh, I think, you know, and it's not to say that your next is not comical. There's some, you know, funny right. moments in there that you laugh, but but it's not enough to label it a comedy like Ready or Not. Um, I yeah, I give it to Ready or Not, not not by a lot, but I just think Ready or Not is more rewatchable. It's very fun, and you know, you you talk about you know how they were stripped down, very basic. If you look at the budgets, uh, Your Next was only a million dollars, and Ready or Not was less than six million, yeah. or about six million. So that both. Very, very, and they they look great. They really they do. look yeah. great. These movies, like you don't you don't need to you know break the bank to make an amazing film that you know was whoa. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, to me, yeah, ready or not, just edges it out. It's uh, it's more fun. You can tell that like the cast just had so much fun doing it, and you know, uh, Aunt Helene. Uh, Elena Dunkelman is the actress. She just chews the fucking scenery the whole time. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, actually, that brings me to one of my other favorite um, quotes. And, you know, when um, Emily gets there and she's meeting Grace and whatnot, <laughs> she, you know, they miss the entire wedding reception, all of it. But they get there in time for the game. And, uh, you know, Emily says hi to Aunt Helene or curmudgeonly aunt. And she and Aunt Helene responses, brown haired niece, you continue to exist. <laughs> which which is, is the best line in the movie and why she's my MVP for this. She film. Oh, is definitely. actually uh, Emily is my MVP. Yes. Oh, awesome. Uh, so that actually is really funny. Um, I, I love Aunt Helene. I do. But with how many fuck-ups, and, you know, I, I have to say this might be a little um, skewed for me as well, but um, Emily fucked up the whole time. Like, she actually kept Grace safe 
in mm-hmm. fucking up and keeping her family occupied with, you know, killing off the maids and, you know, just trying to score a fix and this and that. But um, Emily is played by Melanie Scrofano, who actually plays a character in Letterkenny, which uh, is so... I absolutely love it. It is one I found during quarantine coronavirus and it just, she, she plays such a funny character on there and a tagline for her husband on there is McMurray is a piece of shit, which I, I add to her husband on here is a piece of shit. Oh yeah. So she can't get away from those pieces of shit, but she is my MVP for ready or not. Nice. And what up, mm-hmm. Jess, what, which one do you think edges out? Movie wise, um, I I really like them both. I like you know I like them for what they were. Um, I like the comedy a little more in Ready or Not. Um, and actually, if we are looking at our polls that we put out every week, I only put out one this time. But Ready or Not came out the winner at fifty six point three percent, compared to Your Next at forty three point eight percent. There we go. So there so that and that edges it out because if. Because that at sixteen votes, I would have put it nine to seven. So if we had all voted for um, your next, it could have brought it out ahead. But no, yeah. um, that that does it. And then so, so yeah, that's ready or not. And you're next, you guys. Uh, um, anyone final thoughts, Stefan? Um, no, I mean I I think they're both great. I would highly recommend both of them. Uh, as of now, your next is on uh, Prime. And I don't know if ready or not is anywhere for free, but it's worth it's worth. That's yeah, very new. <laughs> no, I, keep I, new I had it on DVD, so I had Same. to pop it into DVD Same. player. Awesome, Jess. What about you? Final thoughts? Uh, nope. Just had a lot of fun with these films, and it was really interesting to watch the polls throughout the week. Um, you can definitely check mm-hmm. us out. On Twitter at Fighting Films Podcast. That's the name of our page. Uh, we are at Films Fighting. And we are also on Facebook at Fighting Films Podcast. So check us out. Like us. You know, um, vote in our polls. And, you know, it'll give you a hint as to what's coming up. Absolutely. And, you know, like we've all said, check both of these movies out. Specifically because I feel like a lot of people haven't found these. I know they've gotten a lot of attention right when they've come out, but I still find that they don't come up in conversation as much as you'd think. So, you know, check these out on your own. Um, Shoot us a thing over on Twitter or on Facebook. Let us know which one after you see them you like better. You can't go wrong with either of these films. They're both great examples of the genre. So um, thank you all for listening. This has been Chris and Stefan and Jess, and uh, we can't wait to fight some more films for you. So have a good one. Bye. Bye. So Jess, I was just telling Stefan, we I I'm psyched that this got to spill over into after midnight because it's my 37th birthday. No way. Yeah. And and with that, shall we? I just happy wanted to happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday. To Dear Chris, happy birthday to you. That was beautiful. Oh, that was great. You guys harmonized good. Thank you so much.
<laughs> you should try to incorporate that into the episode somehow. I, 